I'm Pete Primo. This is the podcast for furniture and mattress store owners who want to make more money without the BS. Welcome to the No BS Sales, Marketing, and More podcast for furniture and mattress stores. If you own a furniture or mattress store or you work in one, this is a podcast for you. It is episode 25. I am here with my co-host, Doug Stewart, Pete Primo. Doug, last year was a blur. It's unbelievable. So tell me, my friend, what did you learn from 2015? You You know, I I wish that we had time to talk about, I think, all the things that maybe we both learned in 2015. It was a a busy year. It really was. Gosh, I mean, last year... I mean, one of the one of the biggest things was um, that I guess that happened for me was me coming on board at Mega and and being able to sort of um, learn a bunch of sort of new technology and um, you know we put out a new training platform from top to bottom of which I had no idea how to do when we started and so I was able to learn everything sort of from video to scripting to editing to um, final project so that was. If I would have done nothing else in 2015, I think that sort of would have been enough. Yeah. But that wasn't all that you did. <laughs> that was it. Um, you know, this, the, my, my speaking, um, I learned a lot in, in terms of public speaking last year. You know, I got sort of a credential with Dale Carnegie for um, coaching um, speakers, which was, which was really great. Had an opportunity to speak at the um, Future Leadership Conference with Furniture Today and got to hang out with those guys and um, and see what, what great events they put on and how much they really do care about their industry. And got to meet a, a lot of people at, at those conferences and the mega conferences that, that really um, really I can I consider mentors. And so it was it was a lot of fun, gave me a lot of opportunity to grow. We've talked a lot, you know, about Furniture Today's event, the Future Leadership Conference. And a lot of the stuff that we talked about was kind of off mic, off camera. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you kept saying to me was how well run it was. Yeah. And so maybe one of the things that you learned was the value of, of preparation from actually mm-hmm. being a participant in a, in a well-run event and understanding when you run your events in the future like this, mm-hmm. um, you would like to have the same you would like your uh, speakers to have the same uh, the same reaction that you had that right wow, this is really it's well run it's running smoothly and, and those things don't happen on accident that it takes right. a lot of preparation it absolutely does you know one of the things that i think impressed me the most you know in watching sort of how how jenny ran the future leadership conference and sort of talking to um bill mclaughlin is you know he's putting on like some of the other stuff and have an opportunity to meet Dave Perry last year, sort of for the first time. It's been a little bit of, uh, spend a little bit of time with him. It, it feels like every conference they do and every convention they do, it feels like that they plan it with the participants in mind. You know, we've all been to those conference conferences where it feels like that the people talking on the stage were creating the conference for themselves and other people just happened to come. Yeah. Right. And so, so that's that's really one of the things that I love about the future uh, the the furniture today conferences, and it's obviously one of the things that um, really draws me to um, to um, my um, my association with Mega Group is that it 
it's sort of the same thing, right? It's, it's really about um, propping up independent retailers, propping up um, our industry to create and to help them leverage, you know, the, the things that they can do well and they, the things that they can do best. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, you became the co-host of the podcast. I did. I did. <laughs> and, you know, that was probably the simplest decision I've ever made in my life. Uh, you know, I had a list of about 40 people that I wanted to have on and you were at the top of the list. And after our first podcast, I just said, you know, Doug should co-host this with me because, <laughs> you know, uh, we come at things a little bit differently mm-hmm. uh, and at times the same way, too. But it's nice when there's different perspectives and it's it's really important to bring more value to your audience. It, it's yeah. it's critical. So so that was huge. And I want to give you a, a shout out for helping me uh, with our private Facebook group, the No BS Sales School. And then at the end of the year, we created another uh, closed group on Facebook. No civilians allowed, just business owners called the No BS uh, Business Owners um, Business Owner uh, uh, Business for um, Furniture and Mattress Store Owners. What's nice about mm-hmm. those groups is there's 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 no civilians. We watch very carefully who comes into those groups, and uh, we talk very frankly about mm-hmm. things that are going on in our industry. We share resources. We help each other. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of um, members in that group that have gotten together and have helped each other's businesses, mm-hmm. and, and that, it's really cool when you see that happen because. That was what we wanted it to be, and when it starts to become what we shaped it to be. So I want to thank you for all your help with that. So what have you learned from the No BS closed groups on Facebook? You know, I would say the biggest thing that I've learned is is that retailers and people in retail need community. Yes. And when they have when they have that community and when they make time for that community, they grow. They have new, better ideas. They're able to sort of employ those ideas. They're able to um, hedge against mistakes before they make them. I mean, there were there were tons of times in the group somebody said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you guys think? And there would be people that would come along and some would say, this is great. Do that. Do it. Do it yesterday. But then other times to the same question or or, or a different person asking a similar question, they'd say, Stop. Don't ever do that. Here, here's my story, right? Yeah. And so <clears throat> having that community really helps um, encourage growth and discourage fatal mistakes, right. um, which, which, I, which, which I love about the group. I mean, me as, a, me as sort of an outsider, I'm sort of loosely affiliated to day-to-day retail as a trainer. Um, gosh, it's, it's invaluable to me to be able to, to watch and listen to the ideas that sort of flow through those groups. Um, and just that, just that aspect of community and the willingness to share, um, I think, really has has um, put a lot of our people on sort of a different level. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I've watched a few of our retailers just absolutely blossom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, one of the interesting things that I've always found uh, this is my thirty fourth year this year, starting in January, um, in the industry. And when I first started in the industry, I didn't notice it because I was just getting my feet wet and learning the business. 
but when I look back on that time when I was just learning, this has always held true. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, the people who are open-minded and are willing to implement new ideas into their business are the ones who ultimately uh, become the 800-pound gorilla in their mm -hmm. marketplace and become right. very successful. Uh, the people that have mavenitis, they're too smart. They're not going to pay attention to what anyone says. They tend to go by the wayside. They tend to, there's almost like a business Darwinism that takes place that right. eliminates them. Uh, and still there's a few mavens that, despite their flaws, survive. And I'm not implying or even suggesting that we act on every idea that we, we have or that we hear. But we should be open uh, to, to new ideas. And, you know, one of the things that I just did recently, Doug, is I went through my book, the book that I wrote, Sell mm -hmm. a Million. And I said, how many of these things aren't I doing? Mm. There's about 10 or 15. And I'm setting, setting out in 2016 to correct those things. Wow. Uh, there, there are things that I've seen retailers do that I recommend retailers do, and they should do. But I'm not doing them in my business. Mm -hmm. And I need to do everything, almost everything in that book that is good for retailers is also good for a wholesale rep. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I think that was, uh, you know, kind of having that moment uh, of, of clarity. Uh, and, and that's going to go down to something I learned in 2016 because I really didn't learn it in 2015 because 2015 for me, Doug, is a complete blur. I mean, yeah. at, at the end of the year, on December 3rd, I had the knee replacement surgery on my left knee. You know, in April, I left a mattress company that I had been with for eight years. I was planning on retiring, uh, but I had a great opportunity with Sherwood Mattress, and I could, could not pass that opportunity up, and it's proven to be one of the best moves I've ever made. You know, publishing that book was an education. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. And what I learned about myself is that I really need to discipline myself. <laughs> I really need to be very real and something that I put into place. And I think I did it. I think I did it in February is I put in a weekly review, a performance review, and it's just between me and me. I share it mm. with Jenny, my business partner, my wife, but it's just a weekly business review and basically, you know, am I being true and doing everything? And what it was really in connection to and the impetus for it was I was being inconsistent right in the book. Mm. I was being inconsistent and I needed to get consistent or that book was never going to get finished because I yeah. got to a point with a book where I threw it down and then I rewrote the whole thing. I mean, mm. it, it just got crazy at one point. The Putting together a business, a, a weekly review for my actions was one of the things that I learned in 2015. Uh, so what did that, Pete, what did that look like? Was that just like a couple of questions or was that a, was that a printout? What did that, um, how did that look? I actually hand wrote it in, in the beginning of what was to become a journal. I've always heard that you should journal, and I never really did it. I started to do it in 2015. And, and so basically, uh, for me, as, as a wholesale rep, it was um, how many belly-to-belly uh, -belly contacts I had with a 
with my with my customers in a week. Mm. How many uh, how many orders did I get from everybody during that week by vendor? And <clears throat> my book was very important to me finishing because I had already worked on it for quite some time. And I was really feeling pressured to get that book done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had the podcast. Right. And we were creating content for the podcast. So every week I had to work on the podcast. Um, and then, of course, uh, when I had the kind of upheaval with a big portion of my business, my mattress business, mm-hmm. uh, transition in those dealers who Sherwood was a good fit for over right. that became that took a lot of time in April, May, June and July for that matter. You know, dealers had inventories that they had to thin down and 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 so, you know, that kind of dragged on. So so that's kind of what it looked like. It was actually handwritten and I actually checked it. Mm. And I cool. it, and I showed it to Jenny every Friday um night before we had our alone time. Friday's right. like our little date night where you know, we actually sit because most of the time I'm gone during the week. Right. So, so you know, that's kind of what I learned in uh, 2015, man. Is there anything else that you learned? You know, one of the similar to your to your checklist, one of the things that I had to big change I had to make is I had to go back into the dark ages for my productivity. Um, one thing I learned is that the iPhone was not a good place for me to schedule things. And. It wasn't a good place for me to always do work stuff. When I first started writing, I wrote almost exclusively on my phone, which became a problem because um, other things are on my phone, like Twitter and Facebook and email and calls. (laughs) (laughs) And so one thing I changed is I went completely away from, from digital scheduling, and all of my scheduling happens in a notebook. 100% 100% of it. Yeah. Um, and so I went back to like the planner. I went and got a, a moleskin planner, which I like uh, a lot. And and it, it's really helped me to sort of stay on track and keep the things important, you know, the important things important um, instead of relying on a device to tell me what's important. It, it's made me much more proactive and much more, uh, much less reactive, which, right. you know, if you want to get a lot of things accomplished, you got to be proactive. Reactive, um, reactive productivity is not productivity at all. No, it's not. It, it absolutely isn't. You know, years ago, I um, I took all of my scheduling and, and put it on the computer. It did not work for me. And what ended up happening is I had I, I had some of it on the computer, some of it was written down, and then I needed to make a shift. So I put it all. All of mine is in two different things: my my planner, and then mm-hmm. my journal. Everything of any real significance is, is written down. And there's something, and I forgot who who I learned this from. might have been Brian Tracy, but if it was somebody else, forgive me. But there's something to do with your holding a pen and yeah. putting it to the paper that makes you more aligned with the idea. There, there seems to, uh, when you start to type, there's a separation um, on a yep. visceral level. And the creativity, mm-hmm. when I'm being really creative, I mean, I will grab, you know, a, a notebook like this. And and sometimes I write in pictures. It's not even uh-huh. – and I, somebody would look at me and think I'm a crazy person. But I'll draw in pictures. And it's coming at me so fast and so hard 
that I'm trying to scribble everything down as fast as I can so I don't lose it because I've lost so many great ideas. And I think everybody here has. Almost every business owner is a pretty creative person mm-hmm. and and they've lost ideas. And, and that's why I keep a pen and paper next to even, you know, I'm in a hotel room right now and I keep a pen and paper right there on the nightstand before I go to bed because yeah. I know that, ideas can come at any point in time and I don't want to lose any. Mm-hmm. So that's not necessarily something I learned this year, but I'm glad to see that, that you do it the way I do it. Not that yeah. there's a right way or a wrong way. I would say this to all of our, our business owners. And, and I, you know, I always say business owners because this is who primarily we design this for, but you know what I found out when I go to sales meetings I think I have more reps that listen to this than I do business owners. <laughs> um, the reps love it. It gives them ideas to bring to their business owners. Right. And right. if you have a system that works for you, roll with it. Mm-hmm. But if something's not working for you, you know, try it a different way. Right. And when you're being creative and you're scheduling a pen to paper, usually is a great way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And actually you brought up journaling. One thing I changed in my, I, I've, I've always tried to write down thoughts and ideas by hand. One thing I found is that I couldn't always get them down because I'd spend half the day doing that, right? And wouldn't get anything else done. And so I would, I would put down the things that I felt were the most important, right. but I always, I always felt like there was a download that needed to happen that couldn't happen. And so my day would end and then I'd be anxious you know, because I had all these thoughts swirling around. Yeah. So one one thing I changed about the way I journal is that I have a a journal notebook in Evernote. Yeah. And so every afternoon, if I feel like there's something like this left, I'll open a new note and I'll push the record and I'll just do an audio recording and I'll just say everything that I could possibly say or think of that right. for that day or that idea. Right. Um, and I'm able to sort of let it go and you can always kind of refer back to it and you can use tags, you know, based on what you said, um, to be able to sort of search for it later. Um, so I've, you know, that's, that has been a big help just for my, for my mind to be clear and clean when I stop my day. Right. Right. You know, I, I, um, I, I compare notes with a lot of reps. I have a lot of reps that I've become friends with over the years and, and they ask me how I sleep. You know, I'm 55 now, and a lot of times, right around 50, people stop being able to sleep real well. And I sleep like a, like a bear, like mm. I hibernate. But one of the things that I do every day is very similar to what you do. When I, I'm starting to, on that last drive home, I empty out everything. And mm. oftentimes, it's into a recorder. Um, mm. Sometimes I get uh, Jenny on the phone. And I go, here's the things that I'm working on, and these are things that we need to follow up on. And I'll actually have her make the notes. With, and she, so she's a lifesaver that way. But mm-hmm. what I've learned is that I have to empty everything that, out of my mind onto paper. If right. I don't do that, I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. You know. So any of you insomniacs out there, whether you're a business owner or you're a sales rep or an RSA for that matter, empty yourself out at the end of the day prior to winding down and just empty all your thoughts out onto paper so that, you know, you can just let your mind be at, at right. night and rejuvenate because it's it's very important to have consistent um, sleep 
and you know it's kind of funny right our business is sleep right <laughs> and right yet that i have rep friends of mine that you know drink coffee at the end of the day and they smoke cigarettes and they wonder why they don't sleep and i'm like, right you can't do that guys you know, it's, it's funny when I was when I used to work at Tempur-Pedic, I would I would always tell salespeople. I mean, you can tell when people are tired. So I say, dude, are you are you not sleeping well? And they would always say, no, you know, no, I'm not. I'm you know, I've got a, I've got too much going on. I don't have time. I've you know, I've been I've been binge watching whatever on Netflix, right? And so my my comment was always, no one wants to ever buy a mattress from a person with bags under their eyes. Yes, they don't. That's awesome, Doug. All you RSAs, are you listening to this and reps? <laughs> You're selling well, a good it, night's sleep and, and you have physical evidence on your body that you are not sleeping well. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not a good presentation, guys and gals. <laughs> yeah, it, it, makes, it makes your job a lot harder. It really does. There's a, there's a credibility thing there, right? No, this that, is the best mattress. You'll sleep well. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not. Right, right. Man, that's awesome. I think that's a, a handful of ideas for everybody. You know, it, it's. It, I think it's a good exercise for everybody. You know, look at what you did last year and look at what you learned from last year. And, and I want to tell a real quick and funny story. And it's not funny, haha. It's funny, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> so I made a list of dealers that I thought would come with me and who Sherwood was a great fit for. And I also made a list of dealers that I thought would not come with me. All right. So I get a phone call from a dealer who was on the, I don't think they'll come with me list. Okay. And the dealer asked me a few questions about Sherwood and asked me why I hadn't been around. And I said, you know, I'm just real busy and I'm sorry and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, you know, since I'm switching over to Sherwood, could you at least just send me a price list? So here's the one thing that I learned from last year. I'm about half as smart as I think I am. <laughs> right? and, and maybe there's one or two of you guys out there, too. Don't always think that you know all the cards because you don't. And, you know, you don't have the right to prejudge uh, what a customer at retail buys and reps, you don't have mm -hmm. the right to prejudge uh, a store that they're not going to buy your product. Show your product to everybody. RSAs, show your best products to everybody. Let them say no. Just because they show up in raggedy clothes and they might have BO and smell bad, that doesn't mean that they won't buy an ultra premium set from you. Mm -hmm. So show your best products. Uh, your customers deserve the best from you. And don't prejudge. And, and I, mm -hmm. you know what? I've learned that lesson all throughout my life, Doug. Yeah. And, but I yeah. learned it all over again. And I learned it at, at, you know, 54 going on 55. I shouldn't have had to learn it that way, but it was right. very humbling. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that I am able to evaluate what I do and reflect on it and get those lessons. Because sometimes we get going so fast, guys that we don't sit down and look at what we do. And you have to have a sense of humor with yourself too. You right. can't be too hard on yourself and beat yourself up, but you do need to learn the lesson and march on. And so I went back through my territory and I called on everybody that was on that list and picked up three more dealers. Mm -hmm. 
You know, that's funny. It reminds me of um, that story. Actually, reminds me a lot of my grandpa. Um, he he was probably like one of the greatest of all time when it came to not prejudging people's financial position. And I can remember he used to tell me, the guy that comes in with no shoes, overalls, and an American flag around his head, he has more $100 bills on him than most people have in the bank. Or in between right. his mattress and his box spring, or <laughs> right. safe in his house. He won't even put the money in the bank. <laughs> right, right. And and sure enough, those are always the people that that reach into their pocket and pull out of you know a lot of hundred dollar bills. Um, and they had you know they had sort of come for a they had come for a purpose. Yeah. And it was it was my responsibility to make sure that they got the same experience as the guy that walked in. Or you know, drove the drove the Lexus or Mercedes in with the with the three piece suit that looked like he had a bunch of money. And my grandfather would probably say those people uh, they oftentimes don't have as much money as the people that have have the overalls on. Yeah. And um, he, I remember one thing he always used to say. He said, "Always make sure you're smart enough to know that you're not that smart." Amen. You're not smart enough to prejudge and to pr- to to to. You're not a prophet and you're not a um, you're not a psychic. No, not at all, man. I think that's a lot of value for everybody, guys. We'll see you on episode twenty six. You know, I want to apologize for the guys and gals when uh, there were two or three weeks there uh, with no podcast. I'm going to correct that this year, so you're going to get a podcast a week out of uh, out of us. And uh, there'll be times when uh, Doug's not available or times when I'm not available. The other one will will, uh, fill in and and we'll make sure that we're delivering you uh, consistent value every week. And thank you so much for listening to us. And we'll see you on episode 26. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Pete. Thank you for listening to the No BS Sales, Marketing, and More podcast for furniture and mattress stores. We love reviews at our podcast. They help us get found. Please review us at iTunes or Stitcher. And while you're there, please subscribe. This podcast was brought to you by Primo Furniture Sales. For more tips on selling furniture and mattresses, go to PetePrimo.com. Till we meet again, sell a million. Thank you.